In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from Galatians chapter 1, starting from verse uh, 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. For I do not, for I do, sorry, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men, for if I still pleased men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. The background, the historical background, some people uh, from Jewish background who became Christian, when St. Paul started to say, it is necessary to be circumcised for the Gentiles. It's not necessary to keep all the teaching of the law. I mean the ceremonial uh, law of Moses. Uh, some people from Jewish background got offended. We call them the Judaizers. And they start to preach that unless you keep all the uh, ceremonial law of Moses, you will not be saved. Although our Lord Jesus Christ came and fulfilled the law, as he said to John the Baptist, we ought to fulfill all the law. So he fulfilled the law, he fulfilled all the righteousness of the law. And then he gave us this righteousness as a free gift in baptism. When we are baptized, we received the righteousness of Christ as a free gift. Because he fulfilled the law on our behalf. The starting point in the Old Testament, I am a sinner. Then if I keep the whole law, I will be justified. And since no one was able to keep the whole, whole law, nobody was justified in the Old Testament. So Christ came and fulfilled the law. And as I said, we receive this righteousness, righteousness of Christ as a free gift in baptism. For any Christian, after baptism, the starting point, he is righteous. Not like the Old Testament, he's a sinner. So the starting point, I'm righteous. 
That's why we dress them in white garments and we put the red uh, ribbon to say this righteousness is by Christ. Then, in our life, we struggle and we fight the good fight to keep our garment white, to keep this righteousness. But as human beings, we fall. So when we fall, through repentance, confession, and communion, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all sins. In the book of Revelation, when John saw some people walking in white clothes, white garment, he asked, who are they? And one of the 24 presbyters told him, these who washed their garments in the blood of the Lamb. So these Judaizers did not understand the economy of salvation, did not understand the economy of justification and righteousness. So they start to preach that you have to keep the law. So St. Paul uh, was troubled by this teaching and he told them, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, Christ, who called you in the grace of, sorry, from him, the Father, who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. But there is no different gospel because the gospel of salvation is one. But there are some Judaizers who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And he said, if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. And he repeated twice. And concluded this by saying, if I please men, I am not a bond servant of Christ. We as Sunday school servants or as clergy, Many times we are pressured to please men. And sometimes we have this struggle. If I don't please them, maybe I will lose them. And some people are good in manipulation. So they say, if you don't do this, and I'm not going to come to the church again. And this is manipulation. But create in us a servant, this is struggle. Where actually should we go? How to keep the balance between pleasing God and not losing people? Especially St. Paul who said, if I please men, I will not be a bond servant of Christ. St. Paul in another uh, letter, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32 and 33, he said exactly the opposite. He said, Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I also please all men in all things. In Galatians, he said, if I please men, I'm not a bond servant of Christ. And here he is saying, 
do like me, as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. So the question here, should we please men or not to please men? In Galatians said, no, I will not please men. Then in Corinthians said, I please all men in all things. And you know also the story with Peter and Barnabas. Peter, when he was with the Gentiles, he had no problem to eat with the Gentiles and to communicate with them. But if anybody came from Jerusalem, Peter was scared. So actually, he separated himself and refused to eat with the Gentiles. We read in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, When Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, James is the bishop of Jerusalem, meaning from Jerusalem, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all publicly, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? Why you did not consider that Peter is pleasing men in order not to lose them, as you said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So that, through the grace of God, what we want to discuss today. Uh, when we please men and we compromise the divine truth, then actually we are offending God. Take the example of Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate said that Jesus is innocent, blameless, and he was against the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he washed his hand to say, I am innocent from the blood of these righteous. But at the end, he ordered that Jesus be killed. Why? To please men. Pilate was not a weak person. Pilate was a violent and a harsh person. We read in Luke chapter 13, verse 1, how some Galileans were offering sacrifices, and Pilate killed them and mingled their blood with the blood of their sacrifices. But St. Mark answered the question why he crucified the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark 15, 15, and said, 
So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, to please the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him to be crucified. But who cares? You are a governor, and you are a strong man, powerful, to the extent you are a violent. So why you want to gratify the crowd? Is it you, because of fear, you are afraid from them, scared from them, or you love them, so you want to please them? Why? Actually, the answer, we find it in John chapter 19, verse 12. They threatened him, and they told him, uh, if you let this man go, this man Jesus, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king, like Jesus, speaks against Caesar. So, Pilate actually pleased men because he wanted to keep his position as a governor. Not out of love, not out of fear, but to please himself, to keep his position. The history tells us about Pontius Pilate, that he was removed from his position, and he was exiled, and Pilate actually uh, committed suicide during his exile. We read in Romans chapter uh, 15, uh, we then, verse 1, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. So here St. Paul starts to reflect a little bit what he meant when he said, as I please men. So he said, please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So we have people pleasing themselves, people pleasing others, and people pleasing God. We as Christians, we need mainly to please God, and primarily to please God. About pleasing men, if you do to the people what they want, even at the end, they will lose their eternal salvation, that's not pleasing men. So when St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I please men in all things, actually the end of this verse, that they may be saved. So when he said to Peter and Barnabas, you're wrong, you are hypocrites. Actually, if you look at it from the right perspective, 
He was pleasing them because he cared about their own salvation. If St. Paul said, it's not my business, they are great apostles, I don't mind. Let them do whatever they would, uh, would do. But out of their love, his love toward them, he told them, no, you're wrong. You should not do this. And in reality, when we please men, even in the wrong way, if you think about it, you are pleasing yourself. Because you want people to like you. Want people to gratify you. People to please you. People to say good words about you. Now in our uh, social media generation, somebody think about the post, how many likes and how many share they will have. So I may say something wrong just to please people in order to be popular, in order to be famous, in order to get hundreds of likes and hundreds of shares. At the end, I am looking for my own gratification. So the starting point, how to please God, not men, is self-denial. When I deny myself, that is a starting point. With this self-denial, I will be able to please God. And with men, I will be able to say the truth in love, as St. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, speaking truth in love in order to win them, not to me, but to their salvation. What are the reasons some of us try to please men, even compromising the truth, compromising what's right? Let me share some reasons. Number one, because we want, we want to avoid the anger of others. If I say the truth, they will be angry. And I want just to avoid this anger. Or I don't want to hurt their feeling. Or I don't want to embarrass them. Because of all these reasons, I choose to avoid uh, sharing the truth with them. Another reason, I am hungry for words of praise. So just I please men, I tell them what they want to hear in order for me to be praised. Uh, one of the beautiful verses about the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 8 and verse 29 The Lord said, And he, the Father, who sent me, is with me. The Father has not left me alone. Why? For I always do those things that please him. So when always we do the things that please him, he will not leave us alone. 
Again, the father has not left me alone. Why? For I always do those things that please him. Another reason why you please people because of wrong understanding of love. The concept of the tough love we don't understand. Like in the story of the prodigal son, the father here, maybe we perceive him as one with hardened heart. He heard about his son. He doesn't have money. He doesn't have food. He desires to eat from the pots of the swine and no one give him. So, I think any one of us would say to the father, send him some money, send him some food, be compassionate on him. Where is your love? Where is your mercy? But he took this stand in order because if he sent him money or sent him food, the son would not return back. So he took this harsh stand, we call it tough love, so the son can return back. And exact, and when he returned back, he showed him all the compassion and all the love and all the kindness. Also, sometimes we are afraid to lose the love of others. So if I'm attached emotionally to someone and I am concerned to lose this attachment, just I will agree on anything he would say. And if you ask him why, he will tell you, I'm afraid to lose him. He will tell you, I'm afraid. So it's a fear. He is functioning out of fear. He is afraid to lose this person. Or sometimes we are afraid of punishment. If I say the truth, maybe I'll be punished by some higher authority. So I please the authority even if they are doing something wrong, I please them to avoid punishment. Also, some people have weak conscience and they will feel guilty if they confront somebody, especially if this person is manipulative and he became disappointed or upset. So, because of my weak conscience, uh, I feel guilty easily, so I avoid confronting or saying the truth. And I turn to be men pleaser. Another reason I'm concerned is the people call me that I'm extreme, in my opinion, or I am prejudiced or I'm not enlightened, or I'm not easygoing person. That's why just I will go with the crowd to please them. 
Or another reason, if I am easily manipulated by people, I allow people to manipulate me easily. This group of people, we call them compliant. They cannot say no, even to the bad. Youth, for example, they try drugs and try smoking and go to bad places just because they cannot say no. They don't have the power to say no. They allow people to manipulate them and to control them very easily. Uh, one of the churches in the book of Revelation, the church of Laodicea was a church that actually pleasing people. Literally, they kicked God outside their church. That's why in this, uh, for this church, God told them, I'm standing at the door, I'm knocking. Means they pushed him outside and shut the door. And they told him, we will run the church our way. By the way, the word Laodicea, from the word Laos, which means people. So this church, actually, the church that is ruled by the people, not by God. Whatever the people want, we will do it. They want to allow sex marriage, well, we will do it. We will vote, take the vote of the people. Whatever they want, we will allow it. That's the church, I would say. This church reminded me with the word of St. Paul in Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. When he said, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, but be turned aside to fables. So that is exactly the Church of Laodicea. Church of Laodicea adopted what we call liberal theology. Liberal theology defends the freedom of human being, the human rights, and they compromised the rights of God and his authority in the church. For example, women say, I have the right to say no to any unwanted pregnancy. So I have the right to abort. 
So liberal theology, they say yes, that's a human right. So nothing wrong if we allow abortion. So here they compromise the authority of God in the church and they maximize the human rights and making actually humans their own gods. So I am my own God, pleasing ourselves, worshiping myself. So they reject the headship of Christ. That's why their witness for Christ is a false witness, not true witness. And since their witness for Christ is false and not true, that's why the Lord, in his message to the church of Laodicea, how he describes himself, in uh, Revelation 3, verse 14, he said, these things says the Amen, the faithful, the true witness. Meaning, you bear false witness to me. You call themselves Christian, but you're not. Christian means a disciple of Christ. So how you are a disciple of Christ and Christian, and you are rejecting my authority in the church and my headship. So he called himself the true witness or the faithful witness. Uh, Also, he described himself the beginning of the creation of God. Beginning doesn't mean he is the first one created. Of course, he's begotten from the Father, not created. Begotten, not created. But what does it mean, the beginning? means the source of the creation of God. The word beginning here, the source. From him we came. That's the word beginning. So, why this description is very important. If he is our source, then if we separate ourselves from him, then we will die, we will perish. When we become men pleasers, we are separating ourselves from God, from the head, then we will die. The Lord said to this church, you are lukewarm. Lukewarm, they don't deny Christ publicly. They say, you are Christian, we believe in Christ. But also, they don't worship him fervently and give him authority over the church. That's why I told them, you are not neither cold nor uh, hot. You don't have the zeal, the fervent spirit to give me authority over you. And also you don't deny me publicly, cold. Just they they want to be men pleasers. They will say in their theology that we accept any doctrine. We accept any principle. We are open 
for anything. All these differences are not important. What's important is to have love. But this is not the right love. Not the right concept of love. There is no zeal for Christ and nor there is no hatred for sin. There is no public enmity toward the Christ, but also there is no surrender or submission to his word and teaching. They excel in philanthropic action. Philanthropic means humanitarian services. And they don't focus on spiritual edification and spiritual growth. So the church will turn at the end into an institution from outside has the likeness of a church and may be attractive. They please men. They approve priesthood of women, abortion, same-sex marriage, support transgenderism. They support all these things. So it pleases men, but never touches the conscience of people or transform them and teach them how to deny themselves for Christ. They have the likeness of godliness, but they deny its power. The heart doesn't care about what's true, just they want to please men. This condition actually is a very disgusting condition to Christ himself. That's why the Lord Jesus told them, I am about to vomit you. Maybe that is the only time the Lord said in the Holy Scripture, I am about to vomit. But thank God that he said about, there is hope for repentance. But the word vomit means total and complete rejection. Total and complete rejection. When we feed ourselves on praises from men, we feel satisfied. I am popular. People like me. People, they say, they, they love me, they support me. So I believe that I am rich and I don't need nothing. And that's exactly the words of Lao Tseya. I am rich have become wealthy, have need of nothing. But before Christ, you do not know that you are rich, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Those who feed on praises of men, they are deceived and blind. They believe they are rich while they are poor. They are enlightened while they are blind. 
Uh, and even they don't recognize that the Lord departed from them. One of the scary words mentioned in the uh, book of Judges, chapter 16, about Samson, he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. That's a very scary condition. That when the Lord departs from somebody, but the person still believes that God is with him. And they will say something like, God on our side, God is with me. And they did not know, like Simpson, that the Lord departed from him. But thank God, he did not leave this church without treatment. But he described a very effective treatment to them. Mainly three points. So when we examine ourselves, if we are falling in this sin, pleasing men, especially as I told you, as Sunday school servants or as clergy, many times we are pressured to please men uh, or manipulated and we don't know how to deal with it. So what actually the word of, of Christ, what is the, the, the treatment here? In verse 18, Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, he told him, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. That's number one. That you may be rich. Number two, white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And number three, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. So, he was poor, he gave him gold, refined in fire. He was naked, he gave him white garments. He was blind, he gave him what does this mean? What the gold is, what the white garment is, what the eye salve is. The gold. Gold refined in fire, that is the word of God. As we read in Psalm 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. The word of God gives us the truth, because the truth is declared in the word of God. When I submit to the word of God, I am actually proclaiming my submission to the authority of God. I will follow this constitution, the word of God. And the word of God will make me rich in every good deed. 
the word of God will make me bear the fruit of the spirit <coughs> the word of God will cover my poverty in virtues and will transform me as the Lord said to the disciples you are pure because of the words that I've spoken to you in Psalm 19 verse 9 and 10 we read the fear of the Lord is clean enduring forever the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether more to be desired are they than gold yes than much fine gold sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb he said I desire the word of God more than fine gold the word of God is sweeter to me more than honeycomb also in Psalm 119 verse 18 open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law many people read the, the Bible read the word of God but they don't feel this richness you know why? because we don't read it in a spirit of prayer if you want to be rich by the word of God read it with the spirit of prayer say with David open my eyes O Lord that I may see wondrous things from your law so here I am declaring the authority of God over me number two white garments as I explained in the beginning the white garments are what? righteousness of Christ these are the righteousness of Christ the Jews until now they are seeking their own righteousness the righteousness that comes from their own work but they couldn't achieve this righteousness but the Gentiles who actually accepted the righteousness of Christ they became righteous uh, in Romans chapter 10 verse 3 for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes so the law of Moses pointed to Christ to tell us if you want to be righteous believe in Christ that is the only way to be righteous our righteousness will make us naked like the church of Laodicea when we do our own rules and we follow our own theology and we apply our own perception of God and what God like and what God does not like this is our own righteousness that's nakedness but if we accept the authority of God 
and the righteousness of Christ that we receive it as free gift in baptism as I said to you and the rest of our life when these white garments are defiled through repentance through returning back to the word of truth through confession and communion the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ cleanses us from every sin number three the eye salve what is the eye salve here? that will enlighten our eyes it is actually the work of the Holy Spirit in us the Holy Spirit the spirit of enlightenment who enlighten our minds as we read in in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18 Let me start read from verse 16. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, God speaking to St. Paul, to make you a minister and a witness both for the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me so what actually make us believe that Jesus is God it is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit no one can say Jesus is God except by the Holy Spirit who will convict me over righteousness over judgment over sin the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit will enlighten my eyes and make me walk in the light of Christ in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3 those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever so these are people who are enlightened by the Holy Spirit they are filled by the Spirit of God. So, uh, these are the three things, the Word of God, the righteousness of Christ that I receive in baptism, the salve of the Holy Spirit that I receive in chrismation, and I'm guided the rest of my life by, by the Holy Spirit. So here we can see the four sacraments essential for salvation. Uh, the word of God then the white garments through baptism and I keep it white by confession, repentance and communion and chrismation is the salve of the Holy Spirit the last point I want to mention 
some people say that uh, the word of truth did not make me keep any friends. So some people say, you know what? I, I will not please men. But at the end, they, they lost many people. Why? Because they did not learn how to say the truth with love. That's why St. Paul emphasized the importance of speaking truth and love. There are two things actually will help us how to speak the truth in love. Two questions. The first question, what is right? And the second question, what is good? If you focus only on what's right, then you are seeking truth without love. If you are focusing only on what's good, what will make the people happy and make me also happy, then you are focusing on love without truth. Love without truth is hypocrisy, as St. Paul said to St. Peter. And truth without love is cruelty. So how to be able to keep this balance? You will not be able to keep this balance without the Holy Spirit, who will guide you and uh, inspire you with the words how to confront, how to speak the truth, how to testify for the truth. But some people just under what's right, they forget what's good. And some people under what's good, they forget what's right. But Christian, they should keep the balance between this and that. People who are men pleasers, Basically, they kicked Christ from their life. They rejected the authority of Christ over them. And now Christ is saying to all of us, I'm standing at the door, knocking, if you open to me. So it's a decision right now whether to open to him and give him authority over our life and declare our submission to his authority, not the authority of men, not to be men pleasers, but to please God in everything. And as he promised us, he will not leave us when we please him in everything. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.